Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Good morning again. I'm so excited about launching this new series called Punched in the Faith. I giggle every time I say it. It sounds like Mike Tyson. You know what I'm talking about? You know, when you get punched in the faith, that's what every time in my head, and it makes me giggle. Um, and so um, you'll probably putting, be putting up with Mike Tyson Im- uh, impressions uh, this month. I apologize, but not enough to not do it. Uh, so, yeah, but this is like a serious thing, right? Like we've all been gut punched by other people, by the church, and we're just going to tackle this head on and talk about how to get past that. Before I do, though, I, I want to talk to you. So we're in the middle of a building program where we're trying to build a new worship center. Uh, it's called Impact. And what we've done in years past is we have taken a Sunday, an entire Sunday, and talked about what we're doing while we're doing it, casting vision for it. Someone suggested to me, hey, what if we take a month and you just talk a little bit? And I thought, you know what? That's actually a pretty good idea. So we're actually taking this month and letting you know about our impact initiative where we are raising money to build a sanctuary uh, that's big enough to seat all of us um, in both services at once and at the same time make room for more. So uh, most of you know about this already. Uh, Just give you some information here. Um, Our average Sunday attendance... Uh, so far this year, if you take um, January and February, you take both services, you combine them, you factor out anyone who's there twice. I'm only counted once. Um, and we, our average attendance for January and February has been 383 people a Sunday. Uh, no, that's cool, isn't it? Okay. You're clapping. But the problem is we only have 270 chairs. So if everyone were to show up, who, that's just our average. That's not just the people, who, the people who say they go to VFC is actually way more. If everyone were to show up at one time, we literally would not have enough, a building big enough to fit everyone. It's a good problem to have, but it is a problem. It's a problem that needs to be solved. So we've been working with an architect. We've been trying to furiously pay down existing debt. Here's the good news. We only have a little bit less than $150,000 left on all debt, and we'll be totally debt-free. Isn't that good? And so we, we, it's our goal, um, we, we've set a goal this year, is that by the end of this month, the beginning of April, we have five, five Sundays in March that we'll be debt-free. That's our goal. And we're believing that, that the Lord is going to use all of us uh, to give towards that. Tiffany and I prayed about it. Uh, we actually sold a, a, a big item in our household. Uh, we sold it for $2,000. We're giving $2,000 as another first fruits. Um, towards this to try to knock this debt out. I'd love to invite you to join me in doing that. I'd love for you to pray this month and say, okay, we got to knock this out. Once we get totally debt-free, then we're going to start the process, okay? We could, if we get rid of this, this is exciting, if we get rid of, uh, of this debt, uh, we could break ground this year on the, new, on the new facility. So we're super excited about that, okay? So I, I'm just... 
I'm just asking you, pray about if there's something you should do to be a part of that. Now, just to, to kind of help you with the vision of this, um, this is so cool. So we've been working with an architect, and I've shown you pictures before. Uh, we're going to put a sign out in the, in the area where it's going to be. But our latest image that we have of the actual building is right here. Um, the, the color on the building is a little bit more blue. It's supposed to match what, you, what we already have on the campus. Uh, you'll see kind of to the, the left there is our existing building. Um, and then here's a nice image of uh, the whole campus. So you can see uh, when you were to come in, uh, the new building connected to the existing building, and then TLC is kind of there behind to the right. You can also see the youth building kind of peeking out behind um, the existing area. You also see a big bus uh, of people, everyone coming to watch you worship. So I don't know why he put a bus there, but it works for me. Uh, it's because people are going to come from all around to experience the glory of God here at VFC. Come on. So we're, I'm just going to be sharing little bits and pieces this month about the impact initiative, okay? Uh, and I, please pray about this. Look, we're, we're ready to move. Like, we're, I'm, I'm ready and raring to go. I, I don't ask you guys to do anything that I don't do myself, personally. Tiffany and I, we've set aside a large gift, a sacrificial gift. We have it ready. It's actually already in the safe back there. And so we're, we're on board as well. Um, and so pray about what we could do to go ahead and get rid of this last little bit of debt so we can move forward. Amen? Amen. Well, we've all been punched in the faith, right? Like, like, it's kind of like the, the video said. Sometimes someone says something to you and, or, or sometimes something happens or maybe there's a tragedy or catastrophe that happens. Maybe, maybe, you know, what you thought would happen didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, you just, you just felt that, that pain of the unanswered prayer. So when I say punched in the faith, I mean when disappointment, doubt, or discouragement affects you so much that it shakes your faith in God. Because we all go through disappointment. We all go through doubt. We all go through discouragement. These are the things that we're going to be talking about this month. But, but what I want to make sure is that you don't take this on. It's kind of like almost wearing a coat of disappointment and doubt and, 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 and discouragement. And it begins to shake your faith in the Lord. You've probably been there. I know people who've been fantastic followers of Christ. And then something happens. They got punched in the faith. And next thing you know, they're gone. And they're just out there somewhere not really being useful in the kingdom. They're good people. But they just got taken out. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. So, so we have to plan. We have to make sure that, that, that we know, hey, you know, the enemy's swinging. The world's swinging. Are you going to let your faith get punched? So this morning, we're kicking this off. We're talking about dealing with disappointment, dealing with disappointment. Disappointment is when what you hope for doesn't happen. That's what disappointment is. You have an expectation, you have a hope, you have a wish, and it doesn't happen. Instead, something else happens. Your expectations don't match your reality, and therefore, you now are experiencing what we call disappointment. We've all experienced disappointment. Different. Some of them are, are, are not so serious. Some of them are serious. I know, Tiff and I were kind of reminiscing. Like, what are some areas in, in our life where there's been major disappointment? It's a great conversation to have, by the way. <laughs> well, you know when you... 
we so we were kind of cheap uh, when our when our kids were younger, uh, and and we. We wanted a vacation and do things with them, but we didn't want to pay Disney prices. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So we would go down to Orlando and hang out in the Orlando area and take them to, like, uh, downtown Disney, now Disney Springs, and say, okay, kids, this is Disney. Enjoy. It was true. It, was, it, was, it wasn't fully true, but it was partially. It was true enough I felt comfortable doing it. But we would hang out around Orlando, and, and one time, uh, my parents had actually, they had a, a timeshare deal, and so we were actually able to, to stay at like a nice property, but we were going down a day early, and I was like, you know what's cool, I'll just find a place to stay, and so I looked up on the web, and there's this picture, you know, nice pool, and, 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 and a room, and it looked all bright and colorful, and oh, you were in Orlando, <laughs> oh. and so we got there. And it was this tiny little motel-looking thing. It looked nothing like the pictures. There was literally a ride in the parking lot called the Vomitron. I don't think it's a good idea to name a ride after what you might do after being on the ride. (laughs) The Vomitron. And it was swinging people, and they were screaming all night long. And it was so close to this little motel we were staying in, like, like it looked like he was going to hit the building. Like, we were genuinely concerned. You know, if we, if, we, if we hear a thud in the night, baby, it's just a kid that fell off the ride. And so we go, if that weren't bad enough, we go inside, and it's just oh, it's so janky. I mean, there's no other word to describe it. It's just terrible. Like, like they, they were trying, so there was like a, a king bed, and there was a door next to it, and the door opened out literally to the highway. Like, like there was no, like, but, like it was like you open the door and there are cars. It was the going 70. It was, and I was like, what? And, and then it was supposed to have this pull down bed um, where you can, and, and it was like this, it's like some random dude in eighth grade shop class made it. It pulled down off the wall and there was a misshapen mattress in there, all sorts of stains. You can see like hair and dust bunnies like all around. I know, I was so disappointed. They even, this was so funny to me, they even, they tried to, you know, spruce it up by having, like, a coffee maker that didn't work. And they had coffee cups, and this was so helpful. On the cup, written very large, it said, cup. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> it's just cup. I was like, oh, I had no idea what this was. <laughs> but you took the time. So we've all been disappointed, Right? Some, I mean, that wasn't, that, that wasn't really, we made it through, we got to the nice place, and we were like, thank God. But we've also been through some pretty difficult disappointments, I'm sure before, but, um, you know, we've been through miscarriages. We had, we miscarried a, um, some twins, um, and then another baby, and then we had a year of infertility, uh, where it just after we had already had children, it just didn't make sense. Um, we were really disappointed. But there have been times in our marriage where we've been really disappointed in each other. We've had to learn to forgive and, and move on. And, I mean, disappointment, I, I mean, we've all been there, right? So here's the thing about disappointment, though. If you don't deal with your disappointment, if left unchecked, disappointment leads to discouragement, then depression, and then despair. It's this downward cycle And so it's really important that even though you may be disappointed, that you process it correctly. Now, here's the thing. We will have disappointments in life, but they should not shake our faith in God. 
God should not be the object of our disappointment. Now get this, if we feel disappointed towards God, this tells us that we have fastened our faith to a result, not a relationship. If we're disappointed in God because something happened, then our faith is not in who he is, our faith is in an outcome. But our faith is not on an outcome, our faith is in a person. It's in the person of Jesus. And we have to be very careful when we walk through disappointments that, that our faith is tethered to him, not, con, uh, not connected to, what, to our expectation. When our expectations aren't met, that we somehow don't like, you know, blame God for everything that just happened. We've got to deal with our Disappointment. So I'm going to walk you through. I want to give you some really practical advice. In my study for this, I'm going to be honest with you guys. In my study with this, I couldn't find anyone that was giving practical advice. It was all, you know, how to deal with disappointment. It was someone kind of talking you up and you're going to be okay and God's going to come back one day. And that's cool. I believe in all that. But like I need now. I need something for now. So I want to give you some really practical Practical tips. And some of these, I'm going to warn you, some of these might step on your toes a little bit. Because they're going to require more of you than simply responding to what life throws at you. They're going to require you to be proactive. So the first way to deal with disappointment is to manage your expectations. Manage your expectations. I'll never forget, every time I hear that phrase, it makes me laugh. Before I was in full-time ministry, I worked for a software company. Um, and it was a research company in their software division, and I, I talked with clients a lot. And one time, a client was upset at us because our software didn't do something they expected it to. And, and so I, the, 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 the people there, uh, the, the managers, would usually send the angry customers to me because usually I could talk them down off the ledge and say, hey, I understand. You know, I could usually, I was kind of known as, as the guy to send the mad people to. That's great. Thank you. Um, so this lady, she was, man, she was really mad. She was really angry. And I said, okay, well, here's, here's what I want to do. I know you're upset, but I want to manage your expectations here and let you know it's going to be around. And I was trying to tell her we're going to get to it as soon. She cut me off. She goes, I don't want my expectations managed. I want you to fix it. I'm like, all right, sweet. We've got a live one here. This is great. This is wonderful. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I have no idea what I said to her, but I got her off the phone as soon as possible. We don't want our expectations managed, but here's the thing. Scripture clearly tells us what to expect from life, from the world, and from God. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Where's your peace found? In him. Not in the world. In him. Your peace is found in him so that in me... You'll have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. See, in Christ, there is peace. In the world, there's tribulation, there's disappointment, there's trials. Right? And so, like, you need to understand, like, now you don't, like, expect problems. That's not the position that the believer takes. But you have already made a decision that no matter what problem comes my way, I'm going to be okay because I am in Christ and my peace is found in him. One of the things I like to tell people all the time when they're going through a difficult moment is like, look, you need to decide that you're going to be okay. Your spouse is threatening to leave you. Okay, guess what? You're going to be okay. 
You just got a bad di- diagnosis from your doctor, you're going to be okay. You, you just got laid off from your job, you need to decide that you're going to be okay. Because it's from that position of peace that the Lord can then take us into victory from there. But he can't take you into victory until you've been in Christ, in his peace first. Acts chapter 14, 21 through 22. This is funny to me. After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them. All right, here's the encouraging word. Are you ready for this? Here's your encouragement for the day. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So encouraging. Wow, Paul, thanks so much for that word. Yeah, life's going to stink. I'm encouraged. But, but here's the thing. Why is that encouraging? It's encouraging because you can know that God knows. Be encouraged. You're not alone in this life. You're not alone at all. Look, to manage your expectations, you first have to be aware of what your expectations are. Who told you? that you'd never be disappointed. Who told you that God would shield you from every bad person or every bad experience? Who told you that life would happen exactly the way you wanted it to? See, I don't have an expectation of the fullness of heaven on earth. Heaven guides my prayer life. I pray on earth as it is in heaven. So heaven guides my prayer life. But, but scripture says that we know in part, we see in part, we prophesy in part. If, if heaven, the fullness of heaven were available on earth right now, why would heaven be a promise from God? Does that make sense? And so uh, this, this shouldn't be a downer. This should just be saying, look, we, we live for a, a finite, small amount of time. We live in a world where there are problems, there's tribulations, there's hardships. But, but here's the thing. Be of good cheer. Take courage. He has overcome this world. There is partial redemption now. There is permanent redemption later. So receive the partial while you're here and receive the permanent later on. Now, now, here's the thing. 100% of the people that Jesus healed eventually died. Lazarus, whom Jesus rose from the dead, <laughs> died again. There are only two people in Scripture that we know of that never died. So most likely, guess what's going to happen to you? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, pray that you will be assumed into the heavens. Pray, that's fine. Believe for that. Pray for that. But you need to understand that we're all going to die at some point. But be of good cheer. Why? He's overcome that death process. And it's not the end when you die. You go to be with him forever. Right? So look, we've got to change and manage our expectations. Heaven guides our prayers. But we understand that the expectation of heaven is future-oriented. The fullness of heaven is future-oriented. So we manage our expectations. Here's the other thing that we do is that we have to adopt a new perspective. We have to adopt a new perspective when it comes to this stuff. 
James chapter 1, 2 through 5 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. See, we don't, we don't think as of trauma and catastrophe and tragedy and calamity. We don't think of those things as opportunities, do we? That's a new perspective, isn't it? We think of those as, oh, what's this going to happen again? That's how we think of it. But there's an alternate perspective you can adopt. It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect. That word means mature and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. See, disappointment is allowed. God allows disappointment to happen to you because it's an opportunity for you to grow. It's also an opportunity. When you're walking in disappointment, when you're going through something that's not exactly what you want to happen, you now qualify for a unique encounter with the Lord. Remember? It says, it says when you're going through this trial, you know, let it be an opportunity. Then it says, and if you, need, if you lack wisdom, what do you do? Ask. And what will he do? He'll give it. Hey, that's cool. You get to meet with God. You get to have an encounter with God during this situation. So y'all are so quiet right now because what you want, I know what we all want is to hear everything's going to be all right. Well, guess what? It is. It is, but maybe not the fullness of all right right now. You have in you a desire for everything to be made right, for justice. You have a desire for this in your heart and it's coming, but we've got to walk out this life to make it to that life. Maybe there is a lesson to be learned to get to the next level. You know, so often we're, want, we're wanting God to take the pain away, and he's wanting to take you through the pain. He's wanting to walk with you through the pain. And then pain comes our way, not because God's sending it, but because people are stupid, and because we live in a broken world, and because there's a devil out there doing stuff. And so pain comes our way, and God's like, here, let me help you. We're like, no, you shouldn't have let this happen. I mean, come on. Use it as an opportunity. Adopt a new perspective. Don't, don't be the person that, that, that's, like, that's like, oh, I can't go through this. I, I don't want to go through this. God, why are you letting this? No, no, let him take you through it. And you say, okay, you know what? This is not preferable. This is not what I want, but I'm going to walk through this. I'm going to pass this test with flying colors because I got Jesus with me. And I'm not going to let this world affect my relationship with him. We've got to adopt a new perspective. Look, whatever you're going through right now, right now, every single one of you, every single one of you is going through something. Whatever you're going through, it will not last forever. What will last forever is you in the presence of God. That's what will last forever. Take your focus off the disappointment and refocus on Jesus. Adopt a new perspective. Here's the third thing that we can do is we repurpose our pain. We repurpose our pain pain. Romans 8, 28, I almost didn't put it in. I didn't want to use this verse because it's been so misused <laughs> and it drives me crazy. But I felt like the Lord was like, nah, I teach him what it says. Okay, Romans 8, 28. It says, we know that all, y'all know that all things work together for the good of those. You've heard that before, right? Let me read it to you in another translation. It says, we know that God causes everything to work together 
for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We know that God causes everything to work together. Please hear this. It does not say God causes everything. Is that what the scripture said? No, it says God causes everything to work together. For everyone? Mm-mm. For who? For the good. So it doesn't cause it to work together for bad. He causes it to work together for good. For who? For those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Are you called? Yeah. Did you answer? Yeah, then you were called. How do I know if I'm called by God? You answered. You couldn't have answered if you weren't called. God calls everyone through the cross of Christ. You were called. You've answered. You're here. You're learning more about him. You've surrendered your heart. You've surrendered your life. You're called. Okay? Now, it says here, it says everything works together. It's a Greek word, and it's where we get our English word synergy. When two things combine to create a greater effect than the sum of the individual parts, that's synergy. Okay, so math is 2 plus 2 equals 4. Synergy is 2 plus 2 equals 5. All right, now we see this. It's a spiritual principle. We see this, like for instance, y'all know that scripture says one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10, that should be 2,000. If one can put 1,000, then two can put 2,000, right? That's math. That's not godly synergy. Godly synergy, when God gets involved, it's synergistic, it's more than the individual was added together. One can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. And so this is the synergy of God. When God gets involved, God doesn't cause everything, but when you allow Him to get involved in everything, He will make it good for those who love Him. That's you, right? So this is a wonderful promise. What does that mean? It means your tragedy is not your destiny. Whatever happened to you is not what will happen to you. It doesn't define who you are. Your catastrophe was not your calling. Use your disappointment to fuel your fight with the devil. Repurpose your pain. Don't wallow in it. Feeling sorry for you. Why did this happen? Use it as fuel, as ammunition. You know, many of you guys know our oldest son, Ethan, many years ago, um, seven years ago, I think, went through a drain, um, was sucked into a drain, almost died. It was a crazy miracle that, that he came out of that. And we were incredibly intentional with redeeming June 6th. That was the day it happened. We, we put a sign out where he was sucked into the drain, and uh, it said, you know, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. It's a good verse for that, right? We, and then we proceeded to be aware because, see, June 6th was a potential for fear. June 6th was a potential for pain. But instead, we repurposed the pain. So we, we adopted, we sponsored a child through Compassion International that was here in January. We sponsored a child whose birthday was June 6th. She used to say, devil, cool, you, you're going to mess with us on June 6th. We're going to kick your teeth in, and we're going to bring the kingdom to earth. And, and you mess with us, it's, you're going to regret messing with us. Because I'm bringing Jesus with me, and he's already defeated you. On June 6th, for the next few years after that day, we would go do fun things with our family. And sometimes risky things with our family, on purpose. Just to train them not to be afraid of that day, not to be afraid of the attack. I remember going tubing in the mountains. I remember doing all sorts of fun things. We would do fun things as a family 
to redeem that day, to repurpose the pain that we had experienced. God is not as interested in what he can do for you as he is interested in what he can do in you. He wants to do things in you, and then once he's done something in you, then he'll do something through you. But you've got to let him repurpose the pain in your life. You've got to let him bring his holy synergy into your life. Here's the last thing that you do. When you're dealing with disappointment, the fourth thing is you make an appointment. When you're dealing with disappointment, you make an appointment. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now, I remember when I read this verse originally, I, in my mind it played out. It's kind of like if you, meet, if, you, if you run towards God, he'll meet you halfway, right? If you come half the distance, he'll come half the distance. That's not what the scripture says. I believe that all it takes is one step, drawing near to him, and he comes running. Like the, We see the heart of God revealed in the, the father of the prodigal son. He started running to his son. When you are dealing with disappointment, make an appointment with the Lord. It's time to draw near to him. So many people, when you go through life, when you go through disappointments, it's so tempting to run from God, not to God. It's so tempting to get angry and say, you should have stopped this and pull away. But you've got, we've got to learn to make an appointment. We've got to run to him. Psalm 16, 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. The joy you need in your life is found in his presence. It's not found apart from him. Don't try to punish God for letting something happen in your life. You're just hurting yourself. Make an appointment with him. Run to him. There have been times in my life, you guys, where where I, you know, Tiffany and I have been, just been so devastated. And I, I, I remember sitting on the side of my bed, just weeping and saying, Lord, protect my heart. Protect my heart. I don't know what to say. I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm mad. I'm all these things. But at the end of the day, I'm yours. Amen. And I don't like this, but I invite you into it. You're my only hope. You're my only reason. You're my only purpose. See, this is what happens. Don't change your theology because of a tragedy. That's what happens, isn't it? Something happens, punches us in the faith. And then, well, maybe God doesn't heal. No, God heals. You can't find, you can't find him not healing in Scripture. Don't change your theology. We get, our, we get our theology from Scripture. Well, God allowed this to happen. Maybe God isn't good. No, no, God is good. We get that from Scripture. It's clear. It's plain. You have to try to miss it. We don't change our theology because of tragedy. What if you could change your tragedy because of your theology? What if you could draw so near to the Lord, so close to him, so empowered by his Holy Spirit, that you are a tragedy wrecker, not a tragedy maker out there. And you go in and you save people, and you're the, you're the spiritual jaws of life that goes in and saves the people who are headed to hell. That stops the tragedy, from the calamity from happening in this world. Amen. Come on, make an appointment with him. Don't change your theology. Don't run from him, run to him. Let me show you this quote. C.S. Lewis is an author and, I mean, just a brilliant dude. He's got a quote for everything, by the way. Just Google C.S. Lewis quotes and then just be blown away. 
He says this about pain. He's got a book called The Problem of Pain. He says this. God whispers to us in our pleasures. God's in, like, the fact that you can taste is like a kiss from God. You don't have to taste, but you do, right? So God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. See, here's the thing. You need to understand this. You need to understand God allows the junk of the world to happen. Now, he, he's a protective God. He's a healing God. And, and so that's why we draw near to him. We learn how to pray. We learn how to receive these things that he has for us. But at the same time, he does allow pain in this world. Why? What would happen to a child that never experienced the consequences of their bad behavior? They would have worse behavior. You know this. You go in Walmart and there's a kid mouthing off at their mom. And you're like, man, I would beat that kid. (laughs) Come on, mom. Come on. Discipline that child. You're not, that's not mercy. That's not love. Scripture says if you spoil the rod, you hate your child. It doesn't mean you have to spank them. That means you do have to discipline them. If you don't discipline your children, you hate them. Because you're making their life way worse than if you did discipline them. Okay? Apply that to your loving father. Doesn't he do the same with us? When we who live in this world, we have free will, people do all sorts of crazy stuff. He allows us to feel the ramifications and the consequences of our behavior. If he didn't, he'd be a bad father. He has to allow this pain. He has to allow us to go through things. So we change our mind. We change our perspective. We adopt a new way of thinking. We say, Lord, I'm going to go through this with you. And we redeem our disappointment. And my question to you is this. Are you dealing with your disappointment? You're going to get punched in the faith. We all have. But you've got to deal with your disappointment. Look, make the decision, no matter what happens to you, you're going to be okay. You might not like it. (laughs) It might be really harsh. But you know what? You're going to be okay. Why? Because you know a loving God who's died for you. Your redemption is paid for. Your ultimate destination is where there's no pain, no tears, none of that. Can we have a measure of that here on earth? Absolutely. Pray for it. We see it happen here all the time. But understand that we've got to deal with our disappointment. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. When things happen in our life, We're going to pray. We're going to confess. We're going to speak the word over the situation. We're going to believe for the best. But in the end, we're going to be okay no matter what. Because my home's in heaven, y'all. That's where I'm headed. And I'm going to try to get as much heaven on earth as I can. But ultimately, all of it's coming soon. Amen? Let's stand for prayer. Looking forward to next week. Next week, Pastor Tim is going to share with us. He's going to teach us how to get a faith lift. (laughs) It's just funny. I love the faith stuff. Okay, sorry. Let's go to the Lord. Close your eyes. Look, I know some of you are dealing with disappointment big time this morning, but there's healing. There's healing. Ask the Holy Spirit this, under your breath, in your own words, have I dealt with my disappointment?
you're, you might see something in your imagination. You might feel like a, like a bounce back thought that immediately comes. Have I dealt with my disappointment? How about this one? Am I living my life in such a way that I'm prepared no matter what? That I'm okay no matter what? Ask him. Thank you, Lord. Let me lead you in a prayer. Let me lead you in a prayer where you give your past disappointments, your present disappointments, and any potential future disappointments to the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm not doing this on my own. You're in this. You're in this because you make all things work together. Let me lead you in this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for moving in my life. God, I forgive you for anything you've allowed to happen in my life. You're not the author of my disappointment. You're the solution to my disappointment. So I choose right now to manage my expectations according to what the word says. I adopt a new perspective based on eternity. Help me repurpose my pain. And when I'm disappointed, help me make an appointment with you. I love you, Lord. Thank you for being with me as we walk through life together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.